Okay, thank you. We go to Genesis 31, 17. Then Jacob rose and set his sons and his wives in camels, and he carried away all his livestock and all his possessions, which he had gained, his acquired livestock, which he had gained in Padan Aram, to go to his father Isaac in the land of Canaan. Now, Laban had gone to share his sheep, and Rachel had stolen the household idols that were her father's. And Jacob stole away, unknown to Laban the Syrian, in that he did not tell him that he intended to flee. So he fled with all that he had. He arose and crossed the river and headed toward the mountains of Gilead. And Laban was told on the third day that Jacob had fled. And he took his brethren with him and pursued him for seven days' journey. And he overtook him in the mountains of Gilead. But God had come to Laban the Syrian in a dream by night and said to him, Be careful that you speak to Jacob neither good nor bad. So Laban overtook Jacob. Now Jacob had pitched his tent in the mountains. And Laban with his brethren pitched in the, mount, the mountains of Gilead. And Laban said to Jacob, what have you done that you have stolen away unknown to me and carried away my daughters like captives? Taken with a sword, why did you flee away secretly and steal away from me and not tell me for I might have sent you away with joy and songs, with timbrel and harp, and you did not allow me to kiss my sons and my daughters. Now you have done foolishly in so doing. It is in my power to do you harm. But the God of your father spoke to me last night saying, be careful that you speak to Jacob, neither good nor bad. And now you have surely gone, gone because you greatly long for your father's house. But why did you steal my gods? Then Jacob answered and said to Laban, because I was afraid, for I said, perhaps you would take your daughters from me by force. With whomever you find your gods, do not let him live. The presence of our brethren, identify what I have of yours and take it with you. For Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen it. Hmm. And Laban went into Jacob's tent, into Leah's tent, and into the two mates' tents, but he did not find them. Then he went out of Leah's tent and entered Rachel's tent. Now, Rachel had taken the household idols, put them in the camel's saddle, and sat on them. And Laban searched all about the tent, but did not find them. And she said to her father, let it not displease you, my lord but I cannot rise before you, for the manner of women is with me. And he searched, but did not find the house with idols. Okay, then Jacob was angry and rebuked Laban. Okay, look, we stop there. Um, when we speak about divine protection, 
it works in several ways. Jacob, always a man of strategy, always ready to come up with a plan. After he got the consent of his two wives, he plotted to escape unnoticed from Laban. But that was not the secret to his safety. God had told him to go home. So it was a, a plan approved in heaven because these are the things you and I need. If we need God to be on our side, we have to be operating a plan approved by heaven. If your plan is not approved by heaven, you can come in the middle of the road and say, oh, oh I didn't really pray about this, so Lord, please come and help me. Yes, it might still help you. Okay, he might still help you. And uh, you will be a beneficial still of God's grace and mercy like everyone else. But you know that you have violated the principle of spiritual life, that the plan must be submitted and approved before it is started, not even submitted. The plan must be received because that's the New Testament. The plan must be received before you can begin to execute it. However, Jacob's uh, still free escape is understandable because Laban had already admitted, please stay, please stay when they negotiated the wages because I have seen from experience that God has blessed me because of you. And that statement derives from the fact that Jacob was a covenant man. So anyway, we see something here that is very dangerous. The life of a Christian family. If everybody is not reading from the same page. So in all those years, you know, 14 years that Jacob had been married to his two wives and the concubines, Jacob and um, Rachel never figured out the God that Jacob really served, as he felt it necessary to uproot her native idols and take them to Canaan. Oh, that would have been such a horrendous tragedy if that had succeeded. Because Rachel was the love of Jacob's heart. But God was his primary love. And that would have been put to very serious test. But Jacob didn't even allow it to be put to test. He said, anybody, anybody that has your idols, let him not leave. 
them not leave, whoever it is, whoever it is. But he couldn't imagine that it would be Rachel that he must have spent the most time anyway with. And yet she never figured out what drives Jacob. That's really um, a tragedy. Because every time um, couples have uh, um, issues, I often say to them, when you come into a marriage, you become a student. You study your spouse. You know, you have to study your spouse so that you know exactly, like they say, what makes them tick? What is the driving force in their lives? Where is their first love? Where their heart is? Some of the, your discoveries may surprise you, but um, you still must find out how strong how consistent their loyalty to God is. Because a lot of people don't realize that if somebody's loyalty to God and obedience to God's word is not strong, the marriage will have problems because you cannot correct them. You cannot say to them, look at what the Bible says because their loyalty to God and his word is not primary. Anybody whose loyalty to God is primary, when you say to them, this is what the Bible says, you so, say, oh dear, I, really, I didn't really realize that. Okay, so, you know, whatever the Bible says, that's what you're going to do. You see, that primary loyalty is very important. Now, not everybody has it that strong. But whoever has it that strong in a relationship must build it up, you know, in others. Wife or husband and children, whichever, so that they will have a primary loyalty to God. And one of the avenues for doing that is a family altar where we discuss freely. People are free to express opinion. I used to say, uh, to them in this house, and particularly to the domestics in those days that uh, this, this um, family altar is like the floor of the British House of Commons. Nothing you say in this forum can be held against you. I also used to say that at work, you know, when we have prayers at work, I say to them, whatever you say in this prayer, during this prayer, can never be held against you. It's like the floor of the British House of Commons. Can never be guilty of anything. There's full liberty to express your views. And quite a few people, you know, in my experience, taking the opportunity to, to, to uh, uh, air their views so that we all can understand each other. For Rachel to do that shows that um, 
She knew Jacob, but not quite. You know, I'm sure she must have been shocked to hear her husband say that. That is quite prepared to make the person who carried the idols not to live. So it's important for you and I to um, make God our primary love and ensure that those around us do the same. Then we can have a common platform to iron out issues. We can pray and expect that revelations will be followed. It's not that after we prayed and God said we should all sit down, somebody's standing up, or we should all go right, somebody's going left. Oh, that is going to be so confusing. They had said, okay, oh, whatever God tells you to do, we don't have any portion in our father's house. But you can see that what people say and what they do is another. You know, because Rachel said that too. So, but which God was she referring to? The idols in her father's house? Anyway, Jacob stole away because that's how he knows to do. But God was there to warn Laban. Isn't that awesome? We see quite a few of this. You know, God warned Pharaoh when he took uh, um, Sarah. He warned uh, Abimelech when they took Sarah. And now he comes to warn Laban about Jacob. That's an awesome blessing for God to be warning your enemies. And those who contend with you, be careful now. Be careful what you say to this man. Neither good nor bad. Just go and greet him and go away. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? And he knew, and he knew that he dared not go against that. Because like Daniel said, our breath is in his hands. We continue to look at this tomorrow, but I believe it is of paramount importance that every family should be reading from the same page and be God-centered, determined to do the counsel of the Lord God Almighty, so that, like the Bible says, to be well with you, to be well with your children. Deuteronomy 5.29 to be well with your children forever. Amen. Amen. Now I have to stop the recording. Just a minute. I can do that.